We can be here to celebrate together. Thanks for coming. And I don't know about you, but I, it's a <laughs> I don't know about you, but I was one of those people who, when I was growing up, I could never sleep on Christmas Eve. I was so excited. But one day, probably just thinking about the presents too much, what's on that paper, what's under that paper, but I couldn't sleep. I would stay up the whole time, constantly checking my watch. My brother would just sleep the whole way through, but I, this is time, this is time, this is time. The excitement and there should be that kind of joy, of course, for us today, joy in Christ. And this morning I woke up at three for a different reason. There was a mosquito that was hunting me. I on my neck here. I'd like to say that I'm not fasting and praying, but actually there's a mosquito. But I made a cup of coffee and I spent some time with the Lord and I just sense his overwhelming joy. Because of course we can celebrate Jesus every day, every day, but it's a cultural tradition that we celebrate his birthday today. I just sense the Father's joy. Celebrate my son. So this is something to celebrate. The greatest gift of all is celebrating. So let's enjoy today and celebrate Jesus. Um, before I get, before I forget, I think somebody's lost their cell phone. Andrew picked up a cell phone in the car park. So if that's you, please speak to Bjorn. I think Bjorn's got the phone. Linda. Linda's got the phone. So if that's your phone, please claim it. <laughs> so, so there is a lot of noise this time this season. When I say noise, I'm not just referring to the carols, which I know some people like, some people like, but there are a lot of distractions, there are a lot of things going on. But, but one of the things that is so special about this time of the year for me is where we can intensely focus and remember what God has done for us, the great things that He's brought to save us. And so let's keep the main thing, the main thing, of course. In Psalm 8, verse 1, David had a revelation from the Lord and he wrote this down by the Holy Spirit. And for me, this is an interesting passage. And he, he goes on to say, when he wrote, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. And if I go to verse 3, when I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place. And then in verse 4 he says, What is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man, and some translations say humankind, that you care for him. And I almost just imagine David sitting on a hill, maybe it's a starry night, he's, he's gazing at the heavens and he's, he's thinking, Wow, Lord, you are majestic. Look at the splendor of your creation. You are awesome. There's no one like you. You are our creator. And he says, my Lord, why do you take such a personal interest in man? It's almost his perplexed. What is it about man that you take such interest in him and that you care for him so much? What a wonder that is. And John Calvin said this, this is a marvelous thing, that God thinks upon men and remembers them continually. So David expressed that wonder. And friends, my, my prayer for us is, may we never lose that wonder. And we be like David, the wonder of the extent of God's love for us, the length that He literally went to, God took on humanity to save us. May we never lose the wonder that despite the darkness, despite in the midst of our sin and rebellion and having rejected God, He reached out to us, He came down to us. May we never lose that wonder. May we never lose the wonder that after we've been, now that we've been forgiven, 
He has in no way left us alone, but the God of the universe decides to fellowship with you and me. He wants us to know Him, and He wants to fellowship with us. What a wonder that is. I really feel like we can we can learn from children in this regard. I love the wow factor that kids have. Uh, I just think of my children when I talk to them about what's creation, I talk to them about certain things, you just see those eyes getting bigger and bigger, and it's just, wow, that is amazing. Uh, let us be like that when it comes to these truths about the Lord. We should never get to the place where it's just, you know, God came down and I mean, he was born there to say that. I should never, never get there. We should be full of awe and wonder at what our Savior has done for us. Dave preached it so well on Sunday when he was sharing about all the prophecies and one of the scriptures he mentioned was the Word became flesh. And in John 1 14 it says, The Word of Jesus is the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And I love that name in Christ alone. It says it like this, in Christ alone we took on flesh, fullness of God in helpless faith. This gift of love and righteousness, scorned by the ones he came to save. Another sentence, fullness of God in helpless faith. And somebody once wrote, many babies have become kings. But only one king became a baby. It's almost the wonder of that God Himself became the homeless baby. The one and only, the one through which and by which the whole universe was created. He became one of His creatures, or He took on that nature to come and rescue us. Sorry, I just want to mention that here because I'm just careful with my wording that Jesus took on human nature. No way was it a subtractive thing. He didn't lose his divinity in any way. It wasn't. It was additive. I'm reading the Bible commentaries, and the guys are saying uh, this was an addition to his divine nature, not a subtraction. Jesus was 100% God, and he took on human nature, so he became 100% man, so that he could. We'll get into that a bit later. But we must never forget that he was completely God. He is God. And so. I don't know about you, but have you ever wondered why did God have to take on human nature to save us? I thought about this and, and somebody I think answered it well. They said, God took on human nature so he could die for our sins as a fellow human, taking the penalty we deserve for our sins. In fact, this was the plan from eternity. And the key word for me is the word substitute. God had to die in our place. He had to take our place for the sins that we had committed. You see, from the time of Adam, we often refer to that as the fall, when Adam sinned and we can't get cross with Adam, if he didn't do it, one of us would have done it very quickly after that. But uh, sin entered the world from Adam. From that time onwards, we were born into sin. Our default setting is sin and rebellion against God. Now, we want to do our own thing. We want to be our own God. From the time we were born with the sinful nature, David says in the Psalms, Surely from birth I was born with a sinful nature. And that's a big problem, but, but praise God, He didn't leave us to our own destruction. And I love destructions, right? And I love what my, my children's Bible says, He said, God knew that we could not save ourselves. He knew that we would never be able to fulfill the Lord. 
So he came back himself to fulfill the law and to die in our place. It's amazing what he's done for us. Jesus was and is the perfect sacrifice once and for all. He was the perfect sacrifice because he was without sin. And he was the perfect sacrifice because he's a mediator between us and the Lord. In 1 Timothy 2 verse 5 it says, There is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Jesus Christ. So the thing about a mediator is an ideal mediator needs to be a member of each group to be able to represent each group. And so that's why it's important. Jesus is God and Jesus clothed himself in humanity. That's why he represents us to the Father. And I'm just lo- loving reading through Hebrews at the moment, and I encourage you to it also. I just talk so much about Jesus, our great high priest. He's the one who represents us to the Father, so we can come with confidence. We can draw near to him with full assurance. Philippians 2, verse 6 of the Amplified says this. It's talking about Jesus. Who, although being essentially one with God, and in the form of God, possessing the fullness of the attributes which make God God, did not think this equality with God was a thing to be eagerly grasped or attained, but stripped himself of all privileges and rightful dignity so as to assume the guise of a servant's slave, in that he became like men and was born a human being. After he had appeared in human form, he abased and humbled himself still further and carried his obedience to the extreme of death, even death on the cross. Wow, what a humble king we serve. There's no one like our God. And uh, I just love that point where it says he stripped himself. He chose to give his heavenly glory, to come down, humble himself, be born in a manger, and come and save us. He chose us. It was the joy set before him that caused him to endure the cross. I've said it before, I'll say you probably get tired of hearing this, but I love my children's Bible and I love the way it expresses certain things. And one of the passages I, passages I really appreciate is the way they depict the encounter that Mary had with the angel Gabriel. And I just want to read this portion. So this is the angel Gabriel. Mary, you're going to have a baby, a little boy. You will call him Jesus. He is God's own son. He's the one. He's the rescuer, the God who flung planets into space and kept them running around and around, the God who made the universe with just a word, the one who could do anything at all, was making himself small and coming down as a baby. Wait, God was sending a baby to rescue the world, but it's too wonderful, Mary said. She felt her heart beating hard. How can it be true? Is anything too wonderful for God? Gabriel asked. So Mary trusted God more than what her eyes could see, and she believed. I am God's servant, she said. Whatever God says, I will do. And I, just, I love Mary's the amazement that she has at God's wonderful plan for salvation. And I also love her response of faith to the Lord. Whatever you have in mind, Lord, I trust you. Here I am, willing. And I just made notes of a few things that I believe we can learn from Mary and her response. And friends, isn't it amazing that when we repent and put our faith in Jesus, that Christ takes residence in us. Just as Mary was the physical mom of Jesus, when we put our faith in Him by the Holy Spirit, 
As it says in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19, do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? And Christ takes residence in us. What a wonder that is. And yeah, time is not on my side here, but I'm just, it's clear, it's clear to see from Luke 1 and 2 how Mary, she knew this was such an honor, and such a privilege, and she was so humble about it, that she could be the mother of the Lord. And friends, what a privilege for us that we can fellowship with the Lord by the Holy Spirit, that He is taking residence in us. Um, it's like Jesus said in John 16, you can see His disciples were saying and spreading, but He said, Guys, don't worry. It's your good that I go. Because if I go, I can send the counselor and He will be with you the whole time. We spoke about this in Sunday school a little while ago. If Jesus was still walking on the earth, we'd have to queue to spend some time with him. There'd probably be a few. I don't know how many kilometers of just to spend a few minutes with him. But because he's gone to the Father and he sent the Holy Spirit to know that he is always with us, you may not know that he's in us. And even right now, when you're sitting in your chair, you can say, Jesus, I just want to say thank you for what you've done for me. Do you know that he hears you? Do you know that? Uh, I was just thinking how loneliness is one of the biggest problems in the world today. But Jesus is the solution. There is one who sticks closer than a brother. At any point, any time, we can call on his name and he hears us. And the last thing that I, I really appreciate that feel that you can learn from Mary is Mary gave birth to Jesus. And in a similar way, it's kind of a parallel. Christ needs to come forth from us to a world that doesn't know him. And friends, may the light of Christ shine through us to this world. May they see the bright shining light of Jesus Christ. And it's tragic for me how there's so many people that have no idea of the heart of the Father. They have no idea who God is. People, I was thinking even this time of year, seeing carols, but they have no idea what God has done for them. They have no idea the depths of His love, His heart towards them. It's a tragic thing. And may we represent Jesus to the world. May we show him what he's really like. There's so many people I just hearing in the past week, people who are angry with God, people who are disappointed with God, people who don't even believe he exists. But if they just had the slightest idea of his heart towards them, I believe their hearts would be melted. And can I also just take this moment to give you a preview for this Sunday to me and Tata will be sharing on representing, being a message of Christ, representing God to the world. So don't miss that, it's going to be good. We can commercial then. Uh, yeah, friends, let's represent Jesus to the world. Let him come forth from us. Let that light shine brightly. The last, um, the last point that I wanted to speak on, and I've already touched on this, is the joy of today. Uh, may we really share in the excitement and the joy of the Father. And I know as a dad, when I can give gifts to my child, it's such a, it brings me so much joy to see the delight on their faces. I love to see them being happy. And how much more our Father in heaven, giving us the greatest gift of all. And we, we really are sharing this joy when we take delight in His Son. And I was just reminded of how in Luke chapter 2, just in a field nearby, where the Lord, by a host of angels, basically trumpeted the arrival of his sons, like a proud new dad saying, I have to share this with somebody. And if the shepherds went to the shepherd, the angels declared, they declared this. Let me read it, brother. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. 
I'm bringing good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. You can just see the excitement and joy of the Father. The time has finally come. And once again, I love the way Dave wants in those prophecies on Sunday. And I was just reminded of another prophecy in um, Jeremiah, where it's mentioned again in Hebrews 8 verse 10. Just turning in briefly. Um, and we can see God's, this was God's plan all along. And he says, he's talking about the new covenant. He's saying, I will put my laws in their minds and write them in their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will a man teach his neighbor or a man his brother saying, Know the Lord, because they will all know me, from the least of them to the greatest. For I will forgive their wickedness and remember of their sins no more. So this is maybe 700 years before the birth of Christ. And now, at that time, it was, guys, the time is now. The time has come. The promise has arrived. The Savior, my Son, has arrived. And this is the fulfillment of all things. This is a time of joy, a time of celebration. In Ephesians 2, verse 13, while the mosquito addressed me this morning, I was reminded of this. It says, and just the context of the scripture, just before this, it's saying we were aliens, we were excluded, um, we were not, part, we didn't have a covenant with God, and things were looking dark because of our sin, we were separated from Him. But then in verse 13, it says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. Amazing. So the time has come. And so friends, can I encourage us one more time this morning, may we never lose the wonder of what God has done for us, that we can receive forgiveness through the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm just, I'm sorry, I was just thinking about the gift this morning, and I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that my sin is forgiven. It's taken as far as the east is from the west. Just like the psalm says, blessed is the man who sins the Lord does not count against him. I'm so glad, I'm so relieved that the Lord has given me a new, a fresh slate. He's swept that sin away from forgiven. What a gift that is. May we never lose the wonder of that. May we never lose the wonder that He wants to have fellowship with us. Like that scripture says, we don't have to go to our brother. I don't have to go to our brother and say, what is God like? Please tell me what He's like. Oh, he's please give me a job of bread for me. No, I can go and pray to the Father myself. I can go and have my own relationship with Anytime, any place. Doesn't have to be a special building or a special time. We can fellowship with him anytime. What a wonder that is the God of the universe wants to meet with us. This is my final scripture in John 1 verse 12. Just before this, it's one kind of where we came flesh. And in 1 uh, verse 12, it's saying, Yet to all who received him, to all who believed in his name, the name of Jesus, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. And friends, I just wanted to ask you the question this morning. Have you received the greatest gift of all? Have you received it? I've never seen it before, but that's all we say. Um, I quite even remember it now. The, hymn, the second hymn we say, it was a love that every heart prepared in Rome. 
joy to the world that they give us. Don't you think hearts? And I was just thinking, man, let us not be like any keeper, Lord. You know, when we have a heart of Jesus, there's no place for you. I'm so busy with this, I'm so busy with that. I'm kind of closing, but Lord, let us receive him. Let us make sure there's room in our hearts for the greatest gift of all. And I actually wanted to, if we could close our eyes as I pray, I just wanted to make an opportunity. If there is anybody here today, you've never received this gift. You've never received the gift of salvation. You've never received the, the, the greatest price that has ever paid. Would you, can I ask, would you be so bold as to stand up if you would like to receive this gift today? I would love to pray with you. Is there anybody here today? Father, we, we just want to thank you, Lord, for, for who you are to us. Father, we want to share in your excitement and your joy today and always, Lord. We want to thank you for Jesus Christ. We want to thank you for your great gift. We want to thank you, Lord, for the forgiveness of sins. We want to thank you, Lord, that we can draw near because of the blood of Christ. And Father, I want to thank you even today that we can freely give because of the way we receive from you. Thank you for each and every person here today, Lord. I thank you for your hand upon them. I thank you for your protection of them. And I thank you, Lord, we're going to have a wonderful time in your presence and with you, Lord. And Father, I just want to thank you that even, even if we have nothing material of material value today, if we have you, we have everything. So, Jesus, we thank you for who you are to us. We thank you, Lord, you are more precious than gold and silver. And we celebrate and we love you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for who you are, Lord. We worship you. Amen. Friends, I want to say to you today, go in peace. Have a wonderful day with family and friends. Let the joy of the Lord be in your lives. Thank you so much for coming out today.